Welcome to the Homeschooling Through High School podcast. We hope you will join us for a time that will inspire, support, challenge, and encourage you, our fellow homeschooling families, through the high school years. Join me, Becky Simpkins, as I get to sit down and chat with special guests that will bring a wide range of wisdom, experience, and stories to help you on your homeschooling journey. Strong-willed children, and go. <laughs> Hello, my name is Joy, and I was a strong-willed child. <laughs> That's Hello, a good way Joy. to begin. Welcome, mm-hmm. Joy. <laughs> yes, so I have talked to quite a few parents over the years about strong-willed children, and because I was considered a strong-willed child, and I consider myself a strong-willed parent, I find this a really fascinating topic. I have three children who have strong wills. And I mean that in the best sense of the word because they learned to yield their wills to Jesus. And I want to give a few practical tips on dealing with a strong-willed child, but we must begin there. The absolute key to dealing with a strong-willed child is that they would know and love Jesus. It all begins and ends with that. And I know I can say of myself, I have loved Jesus. And because I love him, I was able to yield to him and to what was right. And therefore strengthen my will by choosing his. And when we choose, we're engaging our will. When I choose Jesus instead of myself, I strengthen my will. When I choose myself and what I want, I weaken my will. So sometimes we are, in Charlotte Mason terms, we will say a weak-willed child instead of a strong-willed child. Because if you have a child who's very selfish and demanding and determined to have their own way, then their will is quite weak. Um, Which that whole concept to me, when I first heard it, I was very curious what do you mean a strong-willed child is actually a weak-willed child? And then when it was explained a little bit better about how that looks on a day-to-day basis, it made total sense. Mm -hmm. And how you do want to give them opportunities to strengthen that will Mm -hmm. and to submit to to Jesus. And it really does begin in infancy, if I could be so bold to say that, because um, I know for a fact that myself... And my youngest daughter were very determined to go for things, to try things. And I remember my youngest was heading for the dog food bowl and I kept picking her up and turning around. She was crawling and, you know, I I put my legs in front of it and not let her go to the dog food bowl. And she kept trying to go to the dog food bowl. And my husband said, oh, fine, I'll let you have it. You're so determined to have it. And I, I was adamant, no. Do not give in. It does not start here. There is no reason for her to have dog food. (laughs) There is a reason for her to listen to our nose. Mm. This is an important no. She does not need to eat dog food or play in the dog food. She needs to learn to to listen and respect our nose. Uh, And it was just that simple. I just picked her up and we just walked out of the room. Mm -hmm. It was a, a very much of a redirection. I didn't smack her or anything. 
It was simply, no, this is not appropriate. We'll just leave the room if you can't listen to my no, basically. Right. Um, I would say in asking my husband what he thought was the most important thing for raising our three strong-willed children, he said, be consistent. And I agree with that. I can tell you if you are struggling with a child who has a weak will, it's probably because you, the parent, are not consistent. And I don't mean to condemn you by saying that, dear friends. Um, I want to encourage you to first submit your, your own will to Jesus because your will might be weak as well. It's very important that you are submitted to Jesus. You are raising and training these children. You only have a certain amount of time to do that. So submit to Jesus, say yes to him, which will mean you're going to have to do extra work to parent. And it is work. It you is work. You cannot just go off of how you were raised and do it that way or how you were raised and do it differently. Mm -hmm. You have to be a student of your children mm -hmm. and you have to be a student of the Lord. Yes. Um, and no, we don't do it perfectly by any stretch of the imagination. Um, how you just gave an example of helping your youngest listen to your no mm -hmm. and redirect it, mm -hmm. redirect her um, redirection's huge, but how, can you give some other examples of how you would help your child to strengthen their will? Sure. So when I say be consistent, I mean it. If you're going to say no, be prepared to follow through on your no. It can be a gentle no, but it needs to be firm. You need to mean it. If you are in the grocery store and you're telling your child, if you have a struggle and a breakdown and you can't listen to my no in the grocery store, we will leave. Then you need to be prepared to leave mm -hmm. and just walk away from your groceries and come back later. Um, you need, you, you need to follow through right. every time. Yeah. And that is hard yeah. and it is uncomfortable and it is awkward and it, it will cause you pain, but it will cause you a lot less pain down the road because if you can do it in the younger years, be consistent and teach our child to love Jesus above themselves, then their will becomes stronger to choose what is right. And so when they become teenagers, instead of having those massive power struggles every day, which can make life so miserable, um, you will have saved yourself time and energy <laughs> by doing it sooner. Right. It's the same with training them to do chores at an early yes. age. By the time they get older, I left the house and said, girls, I need you to do your chores and clean up. Mm -hmm. And they will. They'll have the house looking nice mm -hmm. by the time I get home. And mm -hmm. you're right. I It caused me a lot of pain mm -hmm. to have these little ones so slowly unload the dishwasher, so slowly and poorly sweep the floor. Mm -hmm. um, but they had to do it. Mm -hmm. And... And you it, did too. And I did too. <laughs> I had to do it with them for sure. I need to say too, it's very important not to engage in a power struggle with your child. To train a will never involves a power struggle. You're not forcing them to conform to your will. That is not training their will. You are not breaking their will. You are firmly guiding them to love Jesus more than they love themselves. And to choose to do what is right every time. And if you are in a power struggle, you need to stop. 
because you are trying to force something. And some, what I have found when I tried to force my own will on my kids, their will rose up in response mm-hmm. and it was horrible. But if I recognized that I was in a power struggle, literally in the moment I could turn things around simply by saying, would you like a hug? I do love you. And I love Jesus. I want us both to do what is right. And literally submitting myself to Jesus and turning it to a love response changed everything. Sometimes I had to wait for a child to respond back to me. They had to also choose, but it just disarms everything. Mm -hmm. You're not head to head anymore. You've simply put Jesus in between you. How does that look with a teen? Can you give an example of a, yeah, I guess an example of a power struggle, a situation where your wills are butting heads, and then an example of there's very strong wills here, but then both submitting, you know, and choosing to do the right thing. I guess I'm, (laughs) I don't know, because so many times I I need it dumbed down Mm -hmm. and put into practical sense to understand how that how that looks well let's just take something stupid because it's usually something stupid Mm -hmm. and not something major where you say this is the time for math and you need to go do your math I'm too tired I don't want to do math today it's like well I maybe you made a poor choice last night and didn't um didn't get to bed on time and that's why school or math is a struggle for you today or maybe you don't want to write um let's say your teen does not want to do something that they need to do and they're dragging their heels. Maybe it's not outright defiance. Maybe they're just dragging their heels and dawdling and throwing off the whole day with a poor attitude. It could be something like that even. And then it escalates because they simply refuse to do what is right. And in that moment, you can choose how you will respond because you can bring up that weak will to butt against you by yelling by demanding or you can diffuse the situation and say I'm really sorry that you're tired come here and let me give you a hug want me to make you some tea would you like a cup of coffee if this is a teenager Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying do that every day I'm saying to diffuse the situation how can I help you so that you do the things you need to do So instead of demanding it, how can I help you to do what you need to do? Do you want some prayer? Should we pray together about this? It doesn't need to be a power struggle. But you have to, as the adult in this situation, you have to be the adult. You have to have mastery over yourself first. This can be difficult. Oh, yeah. I think I have been really encouraged by some of the things Charlotte Mason says about the will. And I'm reading through ourselves with my um, tutoring students. And I I read through ourselves with um, my children. I'm reading ourselves for myself. It's very good. Uh, One of her wonderful quotes is, Conscience and reason have their say, but will is supreme. And the behavior of will is determined by all the principles we have gathered, all the opinions we have formed. 
And I think this goes back to if you have already formed principles in their life, it's the main one would be, do you love Jesus? And a lot of times that's what I've asked my kids. Do you love Jesus? Do you want to be a man or a woman of God? Because that is my biggest hope for you when you leave my home. Not that you would be an amazing scholar or very gifted in the different areas, but that, that you love God and that you follow him. That is number one. Um, there's a, another quote in ourselves. Our wills are ours. We know not how. Our wills are ours to make them thine, which is true. They have to be submitted to Jesus. Otherwise, sin and self gets in the way. It's very simple. Like, these are really simple things. I'm not here to say just have good habits or train your child to respond immediately because they are not Pavlov's dog. Right. They have a will. They can choose. If they first choose Jesus, you can help them to continue to choose Jesus every day. And you can do that for yourself. You were talking about how somebody doesn't want to do math because they're too tired to do math because perhaps they didn't go to bed on time. Where's the balance between helping them to get done what they need to get done in the day and letting them deal with the consequences of their poor choices? Mm -hmm. How does that work in a school day? Again, I would say do not make it a power struggle. I'm just going to let you deal with the consequences. Like that is not you being the adult. You the, could say the that natural consequence. You could say that in a different way, perhaps, and and it would be good. But I mean, this is why we partner with the Holy Spirit to be the primary teacher. He's the primary teacher. We partner with him because he knows our children best, and he can give us wisdom to parent them effectively. We have to rely on him. Period. So you will know. You need to be willing to allow your child to suffer natural consequences of not having done things. Perhaps it's a few weeks before your exam week and they haven't done their schoolwork. They're going to have incomplete exams. Perhaps they're going to miss out on going to an extracurricular activity because school must come first before extracurriculars. And that is how it should go. School must come first. Yeah, if they don't wake up to an alarm and they're missing school. Then, you know, you go in and you say, it is not my responsibility to wake you up every day now that you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. Because you are learning to be an adult, and this is how it doesn't become a powered struggle. Because I want you to be an adult who can do this on your own when you move out, I'm not going to make lunch for you. I'm not going to wake you up. These are things you need mm -hmm. to take care of on your own. You need to make these choices and follow through. Yep. However, you didn't wake up and we're about to start school. So now you, you know, are going to have to come right now and do school. Mm -hmm. I will wait for you. Come on, let's go. Yep. My kids get so upset when their alarms don't go off, which, which happens. Sure. Occasionally, you know, the... Maybe you didn't set it or... Yeah, mm -hmm. or it, you accidentally clicked it off or something and I get so upset. Sure. <laughs> because they know 8 o'clock wake up, 
8.30 start. Mm -hmm. And that's nice that, that we have formed that habit, work towards that habit um, to know where I'm only waking up one kid and that's because I just need to go buy an alarm right. clock. <laughs> right, yes. And maybe that would be helpful in that yeah. situation. I think we do need to think creatively about mm -hmm. things. How can we help our child to submit to the Holy Spirit and to the leading of Jesus, but also how can we help them in, in their day-to-day -day things so that it isn't such a struggle. If your child has ADHD, really helpful to set up habits so that they don't have to have a power struggle with themselves or with you. They all stack on top of each other. They all they all connect to mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. The, the first thing you have to do is get out of bed in the morning. Yes. But the things that you do at night before you get in bed, we'll ensure that you get up on time. Right. You get yourself in bed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you lay out your clothes for the morning right. or you have um, a breakfast ready to go in the fridge. Whatever you need to do, do it. Mm -hmm. this, this is good for adults as well. So these are very simple. I don't think that I've said anything amazing or wonderful. But just to recap, if you can love Jesus love him more than yourself, then you will open yourself up to be trained to respond to him and to do what is right. Your chooser gets stronger. Your will gets stronger. And also be consistent as a parent in letting your yes be yes and your no be no. And it matters the tone of voice you say it in. Mm -hmm. I notice so many times our the end of a word, we lilt up. Mm -hmm. So if one of my kids asks for something and no. Yes, there's a question uh, in that. Yeah. No. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. We have to be we have to be careful how we're saying things and paying attention. Yes. Choosing to again, this is putting what what I want to do at the moment. Maybe it's checking an email or I need to just um I want to tidy up or whatever and putting what I want to do aside to address that child who you know has a weak will or strong will, whichever way you're looking at it, to make sure that you're clearly communicating because they will take any little loophole. loophole. They will find it. <laughs> that loophole is something that their enemy can use against them. And we don't want to do that. We want to provide our children with you know, the safety and protection of having their will submitted to the Lord to do what is right. If people want to send in questions, um, if they have any specific concerns that they want us to address or give some creative options for, I would be happy to do that. So send in your questions, your concerns. We would love to talk about it more. I can be more specific. Because every family is unique and yes. has specific needs but principle is still principle. Mm -hmm. So if there's a specific situation that you're not exactly sure how to handle, if you've always been responding in a way to how the kid has been responding and it's not working. Probably because you know, you're in some, a power struggle. Yeah. And that's something that specifics of, well, how do I handle this part of the day? when? Right. I think if you go back to also the 20 principles of the Charlotte Mason method or philosophy, you'll find that she says, we have short lessons. If you drag them on, your child gets frustrated. She says, if there's any sign of frustration, stop. Come back to it later. We need to come back to things with a fresh mind. Don't make your kid push through. 
stop. You can come back to it later. It's okay. We want to approach things with a fresh mind. If you know that it's something they struggle with, be on hand, be nearby to help them in their struggle. I often have baked goods or tea or coffee when I know that it's a difficult subject or a difficult season in a subject, whether it's handwriting, writing, or math, simply because I'm showing that I love them and I'm going to do what it takes to help them through it. And therefore, there's no power struggle. It's, I know this is hard. Let's be in it together. Which is huge. I mean, we talked about in dealing with disappointments, school was a drudgery. We didn't have that camaraderie of somebody coming alongside of us. It was very much the person at the front telling the people sitting down looking at them, this is what you will do if you want this grade. But we can work together as a, as a team. And we do, it doesn't have to be drudgery. It shouldn't be drudgery. It should be a joy mm-hmm. um, to get through. And I love the idea of food <laughs> and, and tea. and It's yeah. just how can we bring some comfort? Sometimes right. I've even gotten out a specific essential oil and said, here's your essential oil for math. Give this a sniff. It will help you lighten your mood a little bit. You know, it could be orange essential oil for math or something. It's just something tiny to give yourself a second to take a deep breath and go back to what you are working on. It's it's very little tiny things. And I will say that what I interpreted as a strong-willed child and somebody outrightly defying me, or one of my children outrightly defying me, wasn't that. It was a learning disability. And how I was interpreting her behaviors was wrong. And when I recognized that it was truly her not understanding what the lesson we had just done, it was because of the way I was teaching it. It That wasn't a will issue. It was a, I can't understand what I'm seeing on the page. It, it doesn't, you know, she couldn't, uh, if you know anything about dyslexia, there's from word blind mm-hmm. to um, you know, the switching of the letters. Mm-hmm. It's, there's quite the spectrum. Some kids need glasses. Yeah. Some kids need dyslexic training in how to read. Some kids have ADD or ADHD, which can make them reactive. You have to figure it out because you're the parent. Right. So don't let it slide because years will go by. Right. And you haven't dealt with it. Deal with things. Right. Find out what an issue might be and address it so that you can end these difficulties. It might not be a, a power struggle or a will issue. It, it indeed could be something else. And if you have to do math by climbing up the walls and adding and subtracting, oh, <laughs> going yeah. up and down, do it. Do that. You don't just have to sit there and work through a workbook. Hopefully you're using living books and right. living methods. <laughs> but yeah, there's plenty of um, ways to... Avoid the power struggles. Yes. If you know, and I think what you were talking about of um, here, here's your oil for math or here's, you mm-hmm. know, bringing out the baked goods mm-hmm. or the refreshments or a break before the hard subject or whatnot is kind of heading off those, those power struggle mm-hmm. potential moments. Yes. Do you have any, any other ideas of what you've done to kind of mitigate power struggles with your students? I think prayer 
when we open our school day with a prayer, I pray for each of them. And I know that that has helped, but also going to them when I know the subject is a difficult one or not a favorite and it has created angst. I will simply go over there and say, let's pray right now, or I'm here. It, again, eliminates the power struggle. So you're recognizing yes. that this is a struggle. This is something tough to And you head it off. Right. It's just yeah. like redirecting a baby. Mm-hmm. You're redirecting. Yeah. I'm not going to let your will get to the place of you stomping your foot and screaming no or throwing a fit. We're just not going to get there. I'm going to head it off before that happens. Right. And I know when I was teaching my son to read, he was very frustrated with every time I would get out his phonics book. And so I stopped getting it out. I would write things out on a whiteboard or put them on pieces of paper and make up games. And he didn't realize he was doing exactly the same thing. <laughs> I just didn't let him see the book. Hmm. He didn't like it. Uh, uh, he doesn't have to see the book to learn to read. Uh, I just need to be creative. Right. And it's not that we're not giving our kids hard things to do. Correct. I do believe that we we have a book that we read called Do Hard Things. It was necessary for all of my children entering the teen years when they were 13. Um, I guess that is the most applicable thing. Thank you for listening to the Strong-Willed Child on the Homeschooling Through High School podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email me at hthspodcast at gmail.com.